Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. Thanks for taking a few moments to join us as we take a look at the book. We're talking about the book of Zechariah. Zechariah is one of the apocalyptic books, along with Daniel, Ezekiel, and Revelation. The ancient Jewish prophet Zechariah had a perspective on the end times like you'll not find in any other prophetic book in the entire Bible. Well, we're going to take a moment to listen to a portion of the second part of a six-part series from Zechariah, this one entitled Visions of the Gentiles. How do Gentiles play into the end-time activities that God's Word tells us about? And who are the Gentiles? Well, that's what is going to be answered as we listen to this study by Zechariah. So let's go together to take a look at the book and listen, and I'll come back and tell you how you can get your own copy of this six-part series from Zechariah entitled The Zechariah Prospective. And now let's take a look at the book. Back to the book of Zechariah. I've laid out for you where the Gentiles come from. And the Gentiles are in the earth for the first 2,000 years. Then in chapter 12, God calls Abraham out of Ur of the Chaldees. Chapter 14 of Genesis, Abraham becomes the first Hebrew. Chapter 32 of the book of Genesis, Jacob becomes the first Israelite. Chapter 16 of 2 Kings, verse 6, Judah becomes the first Jew, and you have the nation of Israel set up, the Hebrew people, the Jewish people uh, that are coming out in the second 2,000-year period of time. The Gentiles now, remember, come to power at the times of the Gentiles. They come to power at the beginning of the Babylonian captivity. And the Gentiles have been ruling for 70 years. Now the Jews have had a taste of Gentile control over them for 70 years. Remember, they're just out of the Babylonian captivity. They're now under the Medes and Persians, the second Gentile world power to come into existence. And God is going to give a message to Zechariah that the Gentiles of the world need to pay attention to. They need to eavesdrop on the conversation in this vision. Here it is. Chapter 1, verse 7. Excuse me, verse 8. And I saw by night, and behold, a man riding upon a red horse, and he stood among the myrtle trees that were in the bottom, and behind him were were there red horses and speckled horses and white horses. Here's a man comes riding in the bottom, probably referring to the Kidron Valley, which is just between the Temple Mount and the Mount of Olives. Very significant spot. And through the Kidron Valley comes riding a man on a red horse. He dismounts. He stands among the myrtle trees there. And as he stands among the myrtle trees, Zechariah looks and he sees three other horses, a red one, a white one, and a speckled one. Now, remember, this is apocalyptic literature. Apocalyptic literature, that would be Ezekiel, Daniel, Revelation, and Zechariah, apocalyptic literature can best be interpreted with other apocalyptic literature. When it comes to this point, though, we look at what Zechariah has to say about this man 
then we start to get a better understanding as to who the man is, why the color of the red horse that he's riding, and why the colors of the other horses, although I am not absolutely positive on defining the three horses. I am pretty much on the first horse. But look at verse 11, and let me show you something. This man that was standing, and they answered, and the angel of the Lord that stood among the myrtle trees. See? Scripture defining Scripture. Now the man on the red horse is the angel of the Lord. Chapter 16 of the book of Genesis and other locations it uses the phrase, the angel of the Lord. Please, because of time, I won't be able to really deeply develop this, but let me, will you give me the license, say to you, every single time you see the phrase, the angel of the Lord, it's the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is throughout the entire Old Testament. In chapter 31 of the book of Deuteronomy, Moses goes to see, which is recorded, the face of God. And then down later in the chapter says, but nobody can see the face of God and live. John 1.18, nobody has seen God's face to face and lived. And so the only one it could be is Jesus Christ. He's the one that led him across out of the Egyptian bondage, across the Red Sea. He was behind him. He was in front of him. Jesus Christ is prevalent throughout the Old Testament. I could take any Jewish person in the world and show him Jesus Christ and simply by studying the Word of God, make him admit to me there was somebody there other than God Almighty himself. It's his son, Jesus Christ. This one riding on the red horse comes into the Kidron Valley where the myrtle trees are. The myrtle tree is a tree that's been planted by the thousands, the hundreds of thousands all over Israel to reforest this land that was a bare, barren land. The myrtle tree is one of the branches that must be put over the booth and the Feast of Tabernacles, or the Feast of Booths, one of the four branches. And he rides among these myrtle trees. This is Jesus Christ. Why the red horse? He's on a red horse because the red means blood brought forth by possibly battle or a sacrifice, his ultimate sacrifice, when he shed his blood to wash away all. And then he turns and he sees... Hey, there's a white horse and a red horse, and there's a speckled horse. White horse, Jesus rides in out of the heavenlies. We come with him on white horses, Revelation 19, 11 and following. White horse. Well, in another place it talks about something, but I'll get to that in a moment. The white horse probably, I say probably, I'm not absolutely positive, but probably, and all the commentaries I've read are not absolutely positive either, so I'm in pretty good company. Probably it's referring to victory. The red horse, again, blood or battle. Victory through battles. And the speckled horse, part red and part white. Victory and fighting. Victory from fighting. And the red horseman comes in. And he's coming to the Gentiles. He's coming to these Gentiles first. 
Why? Why is he coming to the Gentiles? Look what it says as he continues on. Verse 12, verse 11, they said, And the angel of the Lord who stood upon the myrtle trees. He said, We have walked to and fro through the earth, and behold, all the earth sitteth still, and is at rest. The Gentiles are in charge, and supposedly there's a peace on the earth. Then the, said the angel of the Lord, and he answered and said, Oh, Lord, now he's talking the Lord of hosts. See, there it is, that phrase, 52 times it's used. O Lord of hosts, O Lord Almighty, God the Father, how long will thou not have mercy on Jerusalem? Who's going to be giving problems to Jerusalem? Only the Gentile people, not the Jews. That's their city. And so the Gentiles, why, when are you going to have mercy on Jerusalem, Father? They've just come through 70 years of terrible time. Under who? The Gentiles. Verse 13, and the Lord answered the angel that talked with me, with good words and a comfortable words. So the angel that communed with me said unto me, Cry thou say, Zechariah, tell him this, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, thus saith God Almighty, I am jealous for Jerusalem. I am jealous for my city. I am jealous for Zion. Look what he says here in verse 15. And I am very sore displeased with the heathen. That word can be translated Gentiles are the rest of the peoples of the earth, not Jewish people. I'm, dis, I'm dis, sore displeased with these heathen. Why? They are at ease. For I was a little bit displeased with the Jewish people. And so I allowed, I'm, I'm putting in here, but this is what I know by study, I allowed the Gentiles to come to power. I was a little bit displeased with those Jews. They didn't obey me. They were disobedient. They wouldn't do what I told them to do. So I allowed the Gentiles to come to power. I was going to let the Gentiles do some things, but look what he says here. I'm a little bit displeased, and they helped forward the affliction. That's a phrase that could be translated, and basically they intensified their affliction on the Jewish people. I'm jealous for Jerusalem. These Gentiles have been brought up to destroy Jerusalem. If they can destroy Jerusalem, they can wipe the Jewish people off the face of the earth. I was displeased with them, and I, I brought them up. But, but these Gentiles took it too far. They forwarded the affliction. They intensified that judgment more than I wanted it to be. Look at verse 16. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, I will return to Jerusalem with mercies. He's going to do it. The plea from the angel of the Lord, from Jesus Christ himself... Father, Father says, I'm going to return to Jerusalem with mercy. Look at second thing. My house shall be built in it. The temple of God is going to be built in the house in the city of Jerusalem. Thus saith the Lord of hosts. I mean, who else said it? Nobody but the Lord of hosts. Look at what he says. The next thing he says, and a line shall be stretched forth upon Jerusalem. Now, we'll study that tomorrow, which is one of the visions to the nation of Israel, to the Jewish people in the city of Jerusalem, a line. I'm going to set up a barrier for the city of Jerusalem. It's going to be a certain size. Ezekiel tells us how large it's going to be. It's going to be the central city of the world. It's, you see, Jerusalem is the key to all. Peace, especially, but it's the key to everything. I'm going to set it up. I'm going to measure it. Look right up here in, the, in the verse 17. Uh, Cry yet, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts. There it is again. My cities, here's the number four thing he's going to do. My cities through prosperity shall yet be spread abroad. I'm going to set up prosperity for the Jewish people. You pray. You see, it says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem in Psalm. You know what it says in Isaiah? 
pray for the preeminence and the prominence of the city of Jerusalem. Do you know that? Isaiah 61, pray for the preeminence and the prominence of the city of Jerusalem. So you pray for the peace, the preeminence, and the prominence of the city. He says, I'm going to give prosperity to my people. Look what he, the fifth thing he says, and the Lord shall yet comfort Zion. The word Zion means the same as Jerusalem. It's a synonym for Jerusalem. Zion and Jerusalem are the same thing. And then the last thing, and shall yet choose Jerusalem. I am going to reach in and choose Jerusalem. Those people can debate all day in the United Nations, in Washington, D.C., in Jerusalem, Israel. They can talk about it all they want to. I have chosen Jerusalem. I'm going to come back there and show it mercy. And I'm going to put my temple there. And I'm going to measure its boundaries. And I'm going to make it prosperous. You Gentiles. You intensified your judgment upon my people too much. So I'm going to bring judgment upon you. That's why. Thank you so very much for joining us as we have taken a few moments to take a look at the book. The book of Zechariah, one of the 17 prophetic books found in the Old Testament. Zechariah's Perspective on the End Times is a series, a six-part series on CD, an audio series that will help you understand the times in which we're living. We listened just a few moments ago to a portion of the second part in this six-part series, Visions of the Gentiles. If you would like your own copy of this study in Zechariah, you can call our toll-free number, 877-674-3298. It's toll-free from across America. Call and order your copy of the Zechariah Prospective, a six-part audio series on CD, and study the book of Zechariah so you can understand better the times in which we're living. You can go to our website and also purchase this six-part series. Our website address, www.prophecytoday.com. That's the Zechariah Prospective, a look at the end times. By the way, thank you so much for joining us. This is Jimmy DeYoung saying that in light of what we have studied in the book of Zechariah, Jesus Christ could come at any moment to call us up to be with him at the rapture. And having said that, nothing left for me to say, except let's keep looking up until...